Folks, if you're liking what you're getting from 30MPC, the number one way you can support us is by subscribing to our newsletter. Every week, you only get two emails. On Monday, you get a content roll-up of everything that dropped last week. And on Fridays, I pick one topic and I personally write a deep dive on things like how to cold call, how to run a discovery call, or even how to hire an AE. So if you're liking what you're getting here, take two seconds, go to the show notes. You'll see a button to subscribe to our newsletter, or you can go to 30mpc.com backslash newsletter and do it there. We'll catch you soon. Cheers. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to this episode of 30 Minutes to President's Club. My name is Armand Froek, and I'm here with my co-host, Nick Sigelski. And today, the objection-handling machine, Will Padilla, is on for a round two of 30 Minutes to President's Club. He's in the objection-handling hot seat. Nick, why should people listen? Well, Armand, when you get objections, it can be tough. And it can be really tough for me. I'm sitting in my home office. I get smacked with a tough objection. I get hung up on. I don't book the meeting. And I think, why am I even in sales in the first place? I want to give up. And never fear, 30MPC is here to help you not give up by helping you handle those pesky objections. Three, two, one, never give up. Today's tip to optimize your sales day is brought to you by Boomerang. If you get an email and the action required on that email is going to take you less than two minutes to do, do it on the spot. It's not worth adding it to your to-do list, having to look at the item, remember what you need to do. That's going to take you more than two minutes anyway. So do it on the spot, get it off your plate. Now we documented our best templates and tips to help you optimize your sales day with our friends at Boomerang. And you can get that documentation for free at the link in the show notes. Your Zoom Info actionable insight tactic is called Jane's Moving Up. Why? Because that's the email subject line you'll use when you get a real-time notice that your prospect Jane just got promoted. From there in the email, explain how Zoom Info helps rising sales leaders win their first 90 days on the job by highlighting coaching opportunities or supporting a team-wide prospecting push. And you can try out this trigger-based email template for prospect promotion and four other scenarios inspired by Zoom Info's go-to-market plays. Link in the show notes. This actionable competitive tactic from Clue is the trap question. Steer discovery toward the winning zone. If we're competing with a podcast that has no newsletter or webinar series, we might ask a trap question like, how do you figure out if those podcast listeners are making their way to your mailing list? And when you're in a head-to-head, there's no better way to prepare for your next competitive battle than with our trap questions and battle card templates from our friends at Clue. The link's in the show notes. Here's my secret to being a sales superhuman. It's auto reminders for everything. If I expect any reply from a prospect, I press command H and superhuman pops it right back into my inbox if I don't get a reply in two days. That means if you handle an objection, if you suggest times for a meeting, or if you ask for cuts back on red lines, always create a two-day reminder task and assume they will not reply. So if you want to follow up on time every time, you can get a free month of superhuman by checking it out in the show notes. All right, Will, welcome to the show. We start every single episode with your top three actionable takeaways. So let's get your three. Thanks, Nick and Armand for having me back. Love the 30 MPC pod. So my top three takeaways, I'll start with the first is how do you open up a cold call? The first one would be basically for me saying, hey, look, this is Will at X, Y, and Z. Am I calling it the absolute worst time here? And then letting the prospect give me the permission or not give me the permission. No, it's not the absolutely worst time, but it is time for tip number two. Tip number two, what do you do when someone hangs up on you on a cold call? What do I do? 
I call them back the next day because that is not an objection. They have no idea what I'm calling about or what we even discussed, and they probably forgot who I was. So I'm just going to call again. I'm not going to let that stop me and not going to say that's an objection. Round us out, Will. What's number three? Number three is how do you leave a voicemail? For me, I don't really use the phone as a callback. I've been doing software sales for over three years, and I've maybe only had one to two prospects I've cold called call me back. So what I'll do is I'll leave a voicemail. I'll list the reason of why I'm calling and then basically say, hey, no pressure on giving me a call back. Uh, If you actually want, I actually sent you a few emails. You can find me at will.padilla at grin.co. So no pressure on giving me a call back. A response via email would be awesome and would love to connect. All right, Will, a little birdie, actually it was just Armand talking in a squeaky voice, told me that you're pretty dang good on the phones and you're pretty dang good at cold calling. So I'm looking for a pretty dang good episode where you tell me about your approach to cold calling. Talk to me. Yeah. So if you're not prospecting, you're falling behind because the work you put in today, you're likely to see in 30, 60, or 90 days later. So you think about you're having a bad quarter, Reflect on the last 90 days and see where you messed up. So always be prospecting. And for me, when I'm making cold calls, the purpose is to do a touch. I'm not really trying to book a meeting. I'm trying to do another touch. Okay, they heard my voicemail. Okay, they heard my name this time. Okay, they saw my email here. They saw my LinkedIn message. So when I make these cold calls, I'm typically sending emails or connecting with them on LinkedIn a day or two prior to my initial call. And a great way to to warm up a lead is to have someone who maybe has already seen a demo in the past or actually who's a former customer because those cold calls are much more conversational and they're not the classic, hey, it's Will at X, Y, and Z. And I call it the absolute worst time here because then there's not much familiarity. So how do I call a closed lost opportunity? Like how How do you typically open when you've had a previous touch point with someone? Hey, Armand, this is Will Grin. How are you doing? Doing well. How are you? I'm, I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. I, uh, hey, I wanted to reach out to you um, in regards to your you know, past demo with Grin. You got about a minute? Yeah, we, we looked at you guys a while back. Um, I don't know if it's the best, best time, but what's, what's going on? Well, hey, I was just following up, looking at some notes here about the demo. And again, I wasn't on it, but I got word that it went pretty well. And you know, I feel like there's still some strong alignment between you know where you guys want your influencer program to go and you know what we're designed to help with. We have some new features in place that I think you might like. And you know, I was just curious if you went to a new platform, if you're still on spreadsheets, and um, you know, just seeing if there's a particular time we could reconnect. Yeah, it's it's looking like right now, I mean, we're just so busy. We are still on spreadsheets, so we didn't buy another solution. But I was thinking this might be the kind of thing that, I don't know, we, I think we met with you guys six months ago, and I'm just like pretty swamped. And um, I was thinking this might be something like next quarter we would take a look at. Sure, yeah. Um, when it comes to next quarter, out of curiosity, I know Black Friday is coming up, and that's a huge campaign. Would it be something you'd be opposed to? to just see how we can maybe transfer that spreadsheet over into Grin on a demo, not for now, but maybe as you start to move towards Black Friday. And I know you're swamped, so this meeting could be super quick and interactive just to show you how we could pretty much give you a CRM 
and move you off of spreadsheets for the holiday season. If that's something you like to explore, not asking to reinvent the wheel here, not asking to make you start new campaigns, switch a bunch of processes over, simply just allowing you to streamline this in a, in a CRM instead of a spreadsheet. If that's something you'd be open to chatting about next week and potentially getting in place. So what Will did there was not rehearsed whatsoever. I, he didn't even know that I was going to throw that objection at him. I wasn't even aware we were going to run into a role play here. But what Will did is he first led with just a standard day opener. He asked me how my day is going, etc. And then he referenced the fact that we had a previous call and he used that to ask permission. After that, there has to be a reason that we could reconnect. And his reason was because there are some new things in the product. And the last demo went well, but now there might be even more things. And he ended that riff, not with, do you want to see him? But like, hey, are you like still on those spreadsheets or are you using a competitor? Because that's going to tell him what features are relevant. However, I then hit him with, I'm on spreadsheets still, but call me in six months, basically. And the brilliant thing that Will did there is he found something that is a relevant event to sell the test drive today. He pointed to Black Friday, and that's what drove urgency for me to get the call today, not later on. One of the things that you can do if you're listening to this episode is there are likely going to be events that happen throughout the year that should be the impetus for a customer to either evaluate your solution or have your solution in place. When I was selling accounting systems, if somebody wanted to talk at the beginning of the year, I'd say, well, gosh, a lot of folks want to have an accounting system in place when the new fiscal year comes. So you actually probably need to look at this six months early. However, if someone was like, hey, like, I actually don't want to talk right now. We should talk towards the end of the year, right? I call them in the summer and they were like, I don't want to talk now. Let's talk towards the end of the year. I would pull them into talking now also because I'd say the end of the year is usually pretty dang busy for folks who are running an accounting process. We should talk now. And so what you should be doing is thinking about what are all the time bound events that happen during a customer's experience doing their job related to your product or not and use those as reasons for why you should be talking sooner rather than later. One of the objections I really struggle with when I make a cold call is I make my cold call, I give my permission-based opener, they say, go ahead, you got a minute. I give them a little pitch, and then they say, Nick, I'm not interested. And I have no idea how to respond to that. What should I do? Yeah, I mean, so obviously you could say, look, I know I just pitched you for about a minute, and there's a lot. So I know I threw a lot at you. Could I ask Nick, like, what exactly is it you're not interested in? Is it not interested in influencer software or is it something that I said about Grin? Uh, you know, it's just, I, I got a lot going on, man. Like, yeah, we work with influencers, but I, I just like, you, I think you need to call Armand. He really heads this stuff up. So like, I, I'm not, I'm not the person who even manages all this. Okay. So Armand's in charge of it, but you're, you're managing it, right, Nick? Well, I'm doing the the day to day, the clicks and stuff. I'm the one who actually talks to the influencers. Armand is, but he's in charge of our whole marketing department. Yeah, I don't make these decisions, so I don't know why you're even calling me. <laughs> hey, you know what? I totally get it. Previous to having this software, I'm calling you on right now. I had to pretty much have a spreadsheet of all the phone numbers, and it was manual, so we can relate on that at least. I know you're kind of doing that with influencers. And one of the things I found really helpful was just checking out demos 
of different softwares that could help me get off of spreadsheets. And something I'd like to offer up to you, and this isn't even like a pull your credit card out now type of situation, but more so just, hey, let's go through the platform. And that way, I get you're not interested, but also you don't have enough information to really understand what you're not interested in without seeing a demo. Would you be opposed to maybe setting up 30 minutes next week? We don't have to involve Armand on this. This can just be a you and I thing. And that way, after you see the demo, you can really tell me if you're not interested. But based on what you're currently dealing with on spreadsheets, I do feel like you might like what you see. Would that be something you're open to? Nice. So talk me through what you did there. So I related to you because without a tool that I'm using to call you on, I would have to have all the numbers on a spreadsheet or like some sort of a you know, tally system, manually log calls, something along those lines. And then what I'm doing here is I'm basically saying this isn't a buying scenario. And I kind of did something that is kind of aggressive, but also just saying like, of course, you're not interested. You haven't even seen a demo. You're really just saying you're not interested in the idea of getting a platform because you're basically saying, I'm not in charge. I'm not interested because I can't make decisions. But I'm saying, well, let's focus on you. Let's not focus on a decision. Let's focus on your day-to-day and checking out a demo and see what you like. And maybe this is so powerful that you want to tell Armand. So, well, let's take this one step further. Let's say that they're like, oh, okay, okay. Like I'm, I'm, I'm interested or I might be open to seeing something. And I ask, I start giving you light level commitments. Like, why don't you send me some information? Why don't you send me an email? And I promise I'll take a look at it. What do you do when people are trying to give you a no without really giving you a no? I will push one more time. I'll be like, hey, instead of sending you information, what we could do is we can go through this on a call uh, next week, which is typically the best next step. Would that make sense to get something on the books? What if they're like, I don't know if I'm comfortable scheduling a meeting right now, but send me some stuff. Hey, Armand, I appreciate you allowing me to try a couple of times to see if you want to see the platform. I'm just curious though, what exactly would you like in that follow-up email? Because typically, you know, when someone says, hey, just send me an email. I mean, I could send you anything. I could send you your favorite GIF or a Starbucks gift card. If it's from a sales rep, you're likely going to throw it out in the trash. So what exactly would you like in that? One, throughout all of this, like I keep hearing you lead with empathy and be like, I've been there, I've done that, I've seen that. And then what you're also doing is I've heard you calibrate a couple times where I want to understand what the prospect actually wants to see or hear or understand. And what I'll do is I'll say like, look, I could send you an email with like 532 lines of text describing every little nook and cranny and feature of what we do. Or if I'm on a discovery call, I'll be like, I could probably talk about our lead routing functionality for hours and hours and hours. And my guess is you don't want me to do that. Help me understand like, what are the things you actually want to understand about this, this, and this. And so what you've done here is in this scenario, your next email is going to be far more calibrated to what they actually want to understand. Or you might determine that they're just blowing you off and maybe you need to go spend time on a, on a different prospect. Let's say they tell you what they want in the email and it's actually substantive stuff. You're like, okay, there might be something here. What do you do to wrap that call? Yeah, I'll be like, okay, great. You know what? Thanks for that information. I'm going to put that in the email. I'm going to make sure this email is chock full of everything you've asked. In return, Nick, would it be fair that if I haven't heard from you by next Wednesday, if I give you a call to get your feedback? I guess. I mean, 
you already called me today, so I guess call me again. Yeah, you know, sometime in the afternoon. That yeah, that's usually good. Cool. And you can always email me ahead of time. But if I haven't heard from you, we'll agree that we'll call on Wednesday. Well, Armand, I'm about to turn the tables on you guys, and we're going to do a little fun game here, which I'm going to call Nick's Wheel of Objections. And here is what I am going to do. I am going to give you guys a common objection that folks get hit with on their cold calls, and then I want to hear how each of you respond to that objection. And the reason that I want to do this is I know you guys have different styles with things. So you pick up the phone, you make a cold call, prospects sort of engaging, and then they're like, wait a minute. How much does this cost? We don't have any budget. Sure. Yeah. Hey, when it comes to pricing, I'm curious just to give me some relevance and understand like what to quote you at, give you a ballpark figure. Would you mind telling me like how many influencers you're currently working with? So what I'm doing is I'm basically like putting them into a box because if someone's enterprise, I'm not going to be like, we're this. So I'm really trying to figure out where they're at right now. Then I'll give them a range. They'll say, hey, pricing is between X, Y, and Z. Do you see yourself falling in that range? Interesting. As you all know, I like the Mr. Miyagi method, which is to agree with the objection, pull more information, then sell the test drive. And so Nick is telling me, hey, give me some pricing. I'm going to try to get more information about that ask. So I might say, hey, Nick, totally get it. I wouldn't want to take a look at stuff unless I knew it was in the right ballpark. Just so I make sure I understand where the ask is coming from. Is it Because you're actually interested, but you've looked at us in the past and you think we're too expensive? Or is it because all sort of spending is on hold? If it's above $2, you're not even going to take a look at this thing. Is it because you're interested or is it because you're honestly just looking for a way to say no? And I'm going to say that and I'm going to see what their answer is. And let's say they go like, hey, like I've heard that 30 MPC is pretty expensive, right? I'm going to agree with the objection again. And I'm going to say like, hey, Nick, I, I totally get that. Um, look, we're, we're certainly not the cheapest. It, it sounds like there's some interest here. And I'll be honest, the best way for me to give you a proposal that works within your budget is to understand what you actually need for five minutes. And then I promise at the 10 minute mark, I can tell you the way we can skinny this thing down or fatten the proposal up based on exactly what you need. But if I give you a proposal now, it's going to include a bunch of stuff that you don't need and it's going to run right into that problem. So can I talk to you for 15 when I'm not calling you out of the blue sometime later this week, just so you get an accurate sense of what this thing might cost? Boom. Beautiful. The next one is when you get a prospect who's mad and you call them and you give them an opener and say, I hate getting cold calls. Okay. I'll take this one first. I'm going to repeat back. I hate making cold calls. (laughs) That's going to be my (laughs) response. I won't literally say it like that, imitating them back, but I'll usually say, Hey Nick, I, I totally get it. And again, you got to laugh. I totally get that. Nick, look, I'm not going to lie. I really don't like making cold calls because it makes people feel like that. Just so I make sure no one ever calls you again. Is it because you know what we do at 30 MPC and you have no interest in us whatsoever? Or is it because you truly just hate getting cold calls that you want no one to call you back again? Right? If they say, I truly just hate getting cold calls... I'm going to lean into the joke even more and I'm going to be like, well, I hate making them. So can we make this the last one? And can I get 30 seconds to tell you why I called so that I can never call you again? 
And ideally, we're leaning into the humor here. And I'm getting permission to be like, look, man, I'm not going to cold call you again. I don't want to cold call you again. Can I just tell you what I do so we can get on with this thing? That's how I would go if it went in that direction. Something similar. If like someone said, hey, I hate getting cold calls. I'd be like, I'm sorry. I I really am because this is a cold call. And it seems like calling you on this number is not the best move. So that's definitely on me. Look, it sounds like the unexpected calls are not your favorite. You just told me cold calls aren't. The reason why I'm calling is X, Y, and Z. Would you be opposed to setting up an actual scheduled call about this? That is if you're the best person to reach about this. So like saying, I'm not going to cold call you anymore, but let's try and set up a call. Another scenario that I've run into is you get a confused prospect where they're like, you know, you call, you give your opener, they're like, wait, 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 what is this? Who is this? You hear kids screaming in the background and they're very, wait, what? What do you do when you have someone who's just like, they're very, they're very disoriented? Many of you know that my favorite cold call opener is the heard the name tossed around. And it sounds like this. I'll be like, hey, Will, we work with a few other Sequoia portfolio companies. It's Armand at 30 MPC. Have you heard her name tossed around? And this objection actually comes up a lot because there's a lot of, it's just a very mouthy opener <laughs> per se. There are a lot of words in it. And so they'll be like, wait, what? I heard Sequoia. I heard the investor. Because usually when they pick up a cold call, they're like not even actually paying attention. But if you do the heard the name tossed around opener correctly, they hear their investor's portfolio and they're like, oh, wait, hold on. Maybe I should actually listen to this. What I'm going to do is a tapered version is the of the heard the name tossed around opener again. And I'm going to sort of joke with them to continue to lean into the familiarity that the heard the name tossed around opener creates. And so I'm going to be like, it's Armon, Armon, we, other Sequoia portfolio companies work with us. Have you heard our name tossed around? Right. And that's the shorter version of the heard the name tossed around. It's like, come on, come on. You've heard of us, right? I like it. I'd say for me, I'm just going to be like, oh, whoa, sounds like there's a lot going on in the background. Hey, I just wanted to reach out. This is Will from Grin. We're working with a couple brands in your space, such as X, Y, and Z. Have you ever heard of those? Okay, you have. Okay, hey, well, I was actually reaching out about your influencer program, helping brands just like the ones I mentioned scale. And I know Black Friday is coming up. So I just wanted to call and you know have a quick conversation with you of like how things are going with your influencer program. You know, I actually have a different way that I respond to this. So I'm going to do the reverse uno, Armand. When you get someone who's like very clearly confused, they're picking their phone up, they're walking through the street and they're asking these questions. Step one, I'm just gonna be quiet for a second because I want them just like to be able to get their questions out, right? And then what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go into a modified version of the permission-based opener where give them a second of silence and I'm gonna say, look, you know, Armand, you're gonna hate me. This is indeed a cold call and I'm wondering if I can tell you who I am, why I called, and then you can tell me if it's even worth us talking or not. Does that sound fair? And so what I've done here is I sort of let that energy go into the void and then I'll go into, hold on, let me tell you all that information. You just threw three questions at me. I'm going to answer them all. Now that you gave me your reverse uno, I get to pick the next objection, Nick. So let's say, for example, I say that I'm working with a competitor. I'm like, you're 30 MPC. And I'm like, ah, we already sponsor Sales Goon, right? Or we already work with Grin's closest competitor. What do you do? Nick, you're up first. Step one. Well, that's awesome to hear. Step two. Honestly, like, 
we work with a couple different folks who want to make sure that there's never another salesperson out there that hasn't heard of what they do. And if you guys are already sponsoring sales goon, like we're actually a decent compliment to them. I only have good things to say about those folks, but I'm wondering, like, do you feel like we might be able to be a plus one on top of that and help you get in front of folks that aren't in their audience? I want a plus one basically say, Hey, this is like a improv thing. Yes. And that's great. That's why I'm calling you. And this is actually a compliment to that. So say, Hey, say, Hey, you're, you're working with uh, so-and-so. Okay. That's, that's, that's great. I heard some interesting things. I'd love to learn how your experience has been with them. If you wouldn't mind sharing, let's just play the worst case scenario. Let's just say they're like, we're really happy, really happy with them. We're not looking to make a switch. I'd be like, okay, got it. Like, so it sounds like you're really happy and I'll just be candid with you. Typically, brands would replace the software you're currently on with Grin. So it's not something you can use in tandem. That being said, not for now, but for the future, there are some differences that you might notice as an e-commerce brand that you'll experience with Grin opposed to the software you're on. Before I were to ask you if you wanted to set up time, I'd love to know like, what are your experiences with product fulfillment? Because for an e-commerce brand like yours on that platform, I'm curious how it's been gifting influencers. I know you're happy, but just curious in that that exact process. I'll wrap this. It's basically saying like, I already know all my competitors and what their products do. So I know there's certain things that I can nitpick. Now, let's just say, they're like, we don't even use the product fulfillment feature. Like it's not even a, it's not even a, issue. Then I'll say, okay, great. Well, sounds like you're really happy. Would there be a good time to follow up with you maybe for your next evaluation on influencer software and then go from there? Oh, I wish we could keep playing this fun, fun game. It feels nice to have friends for once. I'm sure it feels the same for you, Armand, because we mostly just have each other. But now Will's joined our crew for a fun game, but we are running out of time and the party has got to end. And so I got to move to the final question. And the final question is this. We've talked about a lot of really great things salespeople should be doing. And now I got to ask you about a shouldn't, Will. The last question is, what is one bad habit that you see a lot of salespeople exhibiting that you think they need to break because it hurts them more than it helps. When you're the best, people love to hate on you, okay? The biggest thing you want to do as a sales rep is not badmouth your competition. When you badmouth your competition, you're actually putting yourself in a less than. David Goggins famously said, you'll never meet a hater who's doing better than you. So every time someone asks, what's the difference between you and X, Y, and Z? I'd say, you know what? I've heard some interesting things. I'd say we're a different product. We're really for these people and they're really for those people. Just preferences in what you prioritize most. No bad talk. And then just scream, you don't know me, son. You don't know me, son. And then you're good. That's right. And then you got to carry the boats and then you got to get off the call. All right. We're ending this episode and we're moving to a recap. Folks, stick around. 60 second recap coming up soon. Today's prospecting tip is brought to you by Woodpecker. When you're sending a sales email, you generally want to avoid putting punctuation in the subject line. If you've got an exclamation point, it makes it seem like you're shouting at them. Look at this amazing offer. And a question mark just smells salesy. So avoid punctuation. Now, if you want to steal my full sales cadence from my friends at Woodpecker, there's a link in the show notes for you to go get it and try it for free. Today's tactic to triple your connect rate is brought to you by Rocket Reach, who provides data that lets you reach out to the right person at the right account at the right time. 
every time you're reaching out to an account, pull down the contacts again. Yes, I know it sucks, but the average tech tenure is two years, which means 50% of the workforce turns over every year. So look up the account, pull anyone who was hired, and scratch anyone who was left. And one way you can pull verified and accurate data is with Rocket Reach. So if you like this, check out their toolkit on eight ways to triple your cold call connects in the show notes. This week's actionable prospecting tactic is from Sixth Sense, who shows you the prospects who are most likely to buy so you can get more meetings with fewer activities. Personalizing cold emails requires you to only change the first paragraph in a trigger template. All you have to do is tie the research to the problem you solve in paragraph one, and then switch that out while you leave paragraphs two and three, your solution and call to action, exactly the same. And so we are giving you six of these trigger templates with our partners at Sixth Sense. The link is in the show notes. Today's tip to optimize your sales day is brought to you by Boomerang. Obsessive checking of your inbox is a total waste of time and brain power. Instead, commit to checking your inbox and responding to email at set times throughout the day. I'm a fan of Boomerang's pause inbox function to keep myself from getting distracted by my inbox. Now, we documented our best templates and tools to help you optimize your sales day with our friends at Boomerang, and you can get that for free at the link in the show notes. Your top four takeaways from this episode with Will Padilla include number one, call me in six months. Find the most relevant timing-based trigger for any point in the year to drive urgency on a cold call. Number two, not interested. If you're not interested in us, is it because you're not interested in influencer software or is it something that I said about Grin? Number three, who is this? Run it right back to the permission-based opener. That's what Nick said to do. And then lastly, number four, someone says, I hate cold calls. Try to set up a non-cold call meeting and get out of their way so you never have to cold call them again. Alrighty, Nick, how can people help us out? Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast episode, which was sort of like Wheel of Objections, believe it or not, we've done a couple tactic TV episodes where we do Wheel of Objections. And so we've done one with Will. We've done some stuff with Morgan Ingram. We've got some stuff with Josh Braun and Sam McKenna coming up. And so if you go to 30MPC.com, you can join, you can watch, you can review all of those Wheel of Objections episodes, which might help you in addition to this episode. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. This week's actionable prospecting tactic is from Sixth Sense, who shows you the prospects who are most likely to buy so you can get more meetings with fewer activities. Personalizing cold emails requires you to only change the first paragraph in a trigger template. All you have to do is tie the research to the problem you solve in paragraph one, and then switch that out while you leave paragraphs two and three, your solution and call to action, exactly the same. And so we are giving you six of these trigger templates with our partners at Sixth Sense. The link is in the show notes. Today's tip to optimize your sales day is brought to you by Boomerang. Obsessive checking of your inbox is a total waste of time and brain power. Instead, commit to checking your inbox and responding to email at set times throughout the day. I'm a fan of Boomerang's pause inbox function to keep myself from getting distracted by my inbox. Now, we documented our best templates and tools to help you optimize your sales day with our friends at Boomerang, and you can get that for free at the link in the show notes.